We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello everybody, we are live. Welcome back to the Road of His Baseball Show. My name is Colin Kelly. As you can see, I am joined by my partner in crime here on the baseball stream. It is Zachary Kruger, who you can follow on Twitter at ZK underscore FFB. We are delighted to be joined right now, live and in living color by John Daigle, who you can follow at not Jay Daigle. And of course, you can find all his work over at 4 for 4 and Betspurts. But John, I've been looking forward to getting some drafting with you and uh, the thumbnail here is a bit of fun. The title is a bit of fun, but I sent the title of the show forcing John Daigle to draft a zero running back team to John, which he said that we can try. I don't know how we're going to get on. How are we going to approach this draft today? To be clear, I support pragmatic drafting, so I'm open to everything. You can't say that on Twitter because that requires black and white takes. There is no gray area on Twitter. But in this case, if I'm being forced to, that's fine. I will say the way I still prefer to draft, though, is essentially superhero RB. So making sure I have two strong RBs in the first three rounds, in particular for this tournament, for FFPC main event, for other large field top-heavy payouts, because... I understand the volatility and that wide receivers have higher floors and it is harder to find the ceilings of running backs, even though running back ceilings are higher. It's just much more volatile. I understand that. But the whole point, again, of a $2 million tournament is to win it. And so I fully accept that I'm burning literally all my money when I enter Best Ball Mania 3 and I'm chasing getting that one iota of a player, one take correct, because I need, personally, in my opinion, I need that running back ceiling that's hard to find in order to win this tournament. And so that's the way I play it. I play it completely volatile, where either I'm winning it with these running back takes or I'm completely losing it. And so that's why I prefer robust superhero RB and this tournament in particular. So we get Tom Strachan sending a double dare just to go robust RB. So you might need to double dare John to do that. We'll see how it plays out. Then we get Jordan Brownson basically extreme zero RB, no running backs to after the 12th round. So, Zach, you are the man with the ability to make these picks. So you're the only man out of the three of us who can select who are actually drafting. Over the last two drafts, you have gone against me behind my back, drafted players that I don't want to draft. Are, have you arranged today with uh, Daigle to, to get these superhero running backs on, onto the roster? Yeah, well, well, Comp's problem has proven to be over the last couple of weeks that he doesn't like drafting good players, um, which has forced my hand into drafting the ones that are, you know, more optimal and uh, ones you want on your fantasy team. So we have gone against Calm a couple times. Uh, I, I know Devin Singletary is uh, probably going to be brought up once or twice here as we get to that that uh, that particular spot in the draft. Um, but but Devin Singletary, uh, you wanted to talk Scott Fishbowl roster, so I don't know if you've mine pulled up, but Singletary's on that, but. Let's uh, <laughs> yeah. let's hit whoever's roster you have up at the moment. I'll share it on the screen here, and it is not Jay Daigle. John, you're a few rounds behind my draft and Zach's draft, I think. Zach had a good experience drafted live in Buffalo for the start of the draft. I've done all mine online. You've done yours remote in the, the woods camping. So uh, how is this draft playing out for you so far? I did admittedly get auto-picked for a couple, Deshaun Watson included, because I was literally in the Banff Mountains with no reception for three days straight. Uh, so you can't really help it in that case. That's why also our draft is only in the ninth round. Like, we're one of the slowest drafts because Hayden Winks is on <laughs> right. 
Hayden Weeks is on Pacific time in California, and I was literally just like out of commission altogether. So I knew these drafts were going to be slow. But honestly, with the settings giving uh, points for first down, especially for receivers, Keenan Allen, Allen Robinson, uh, Michael Thomas, I consider to be possession receivers. I don't hate it. Aaron Rodgers, Kirk Cousins, since this league awards completion rate, I think is a, a perfectly fine tandem. It's not exactly what I was going for. I preferred rushing quarterbacks, but given where I was at 110 and they had all come off the board before, I didn't mind doing that than taking a chance on Javante Williams, trying to get a little Kirk Cousins stack going. I'll still probably get KJ Osborne later on or even Irv Smith since I don't have a tight end yet. So overall, like given that I was auto pick for a couple selections, I don't think it's that bad, honestly. I love John said that this is the reason that the draft, he blames multiple people in his room. It's simply because there was no picks made by Daigle over the course of the yep, entire draft. That's it. <laughs> totally me. Are we looking at you, Nick, Zach, or me? How are we looking? We'll, we'll go with you, and then we'll we'll get my team pulled up here in just a second. Yeah, um, so I, I, went, uh, we I went and got those hero-wide receivers at the start of this draft with uh, Jefferson, Cop Adams, and Samuel, um, then Hawkins and Matt Ryan. I think this has played out really well now obviously the running backs are going to need a little bit of work to patch through but you mentioned Singletary I have Singletary there who I'm pretty much all in on this year but Rashad White has obviously got some nothing to do with Rashad White but the Leonard Fournette news over the last couple of days may boost him so going with a lot of backup options and I think this roster gets a huge plus from Zach because it has Brian Robinson on it once you have Brian Robinson that that boosts the ranking for Zach but yeah, I think we're into a, an interesting spot here, but you can start seven wide receivers in the, the Scott Fishbowl, and it looks like I'm going to be starting seven uh, most weeks here and be, be a little bit struggling at some of the other positions. But, yeah, pretty pretty happy so far. I just want to say, too, your team in particular, the way these quarterbacks fell to you, like you couldn't have asked for a better turnout. I, I think Matt Ryan went in about the fourth round of my draft, so – um, literally every quarterback you have fell much later than where I got them. We'll see in a second here. I think I got Baker Mayfield in the 10th or 11th round even. Yeah, I think this draft was interesting. P people really went with the the quarterbacks, as you would expect, in the opening three, four rounds, and then let them ride. Um, Sean Siegel, I think, took Mac Jones maybe in his draft in the, the fourth round or the fifth round. So, yeah, there was a lot of values on the quarterback, which kind of saved me a little bit here. Uh, Zach, hit us, with, uh, hit us with your board. Then we will be we'll be jumping into a best ball mini a tree draft after this to, to see how it goes. But um yeah, looking looking here. How are you feeling, Zach, so far with the way things played out? Yeah, so we did actually the first eight rounds live in Buffalo. I made the trip up there for that. So that was an awesome experience. We had a lot of fun raising money for the Thurman Thomas Family Foundation. Uh, I actually had the same pick as Daigle did. So we both picked out of the 110. I got Tom Brady and Matthew Stafford to start out. He had touched on the the, uh, the emphasis on points and, and awarding completion rate and percentage. So uh, I went with two stud quarterbacks there. I feel really good about my wide receivers. Brees Hall, uh, last I checked, uh, getting him at the 703 is the latest that anybody in the tournament has gotten him. So that's kind of my badge of honor there. And then got a couple of uh, Rotovis guys with the with the tight ends. And now we're just really kind of trying to hammer hammer out running back after starting with you know five five wide receivers through the first eight picks but overall i feel good i, I think it's kind of the the roto busy type team that i've been trying to build for the last several years of my life so i i like it right now we'll see if it feels that way uh come come playoff time and if this team's making the the playoff portion of the tournament y'all are representing rotoviz properly with that build and devin singletary <laughs> yeah. that's right that's all you need together. yeah uh repping repping the brand yeah but yeah we are going to get ready to jump into the draft and and just a couple of seconds but what i want to say before is obviously the scott fishbowl amazing again this year it's always tremendous and we were just chatting before we started myself and zach are heading up to the fantasy football expo it's my first time traveling over john's heading up so i'll get to meet up with john for the first time but yeah scott fish heading up have no one scott now have no one john as well for a long time but i'd say almost a decade of no one scott so it's gonna be cool to meet some of those people but yeah, Scott Fish, the Scott Fish Bowl, remarkable what that has turned into over the last kind of six or so years. So amazing to be part of it once again. We are going to jump in here as we start off the stream. Drop a thumbs up on this video. Make sure you're subscribed to the Road of His podcast, the Road of His video channel, as we to say, but the Road of His best ball show also has its own podcast feed. All the best ball content we do gets posted up there. If you want to get this in just audio form, that would be much appreciated if you head on over and click on that subscribe button. But as we are diving into things, we will have a, a couple of seconds potentially before our first pick, and we're at the 103. So that potentially takes us into a little bit of non-zero RB territory. But John, 
Are you willing for today to take one of those elite wide receiver options at, at pick three here, even if we have Jonathan Taylor or Christian McCaffrey available? Uh, I will abide by the rules. I I would not ever do that over Jonathan Taylor and Christian McCaffrey, but I will abide by the rules you set. So what we want to happen here is Jonathan Taylor and Christian McCaffrey go one, two, and that would leave us that we have to take one of those wide receivers mm-hmm. in the interest of checking all the options. If both of those guys go, would you be taking somebody like Austin Eckler over the wide receivers if, if this was a, a John Daigle draft and, and we didn't have any sway over the matter? No, I am willing to take Eckler over Jamar Chase, but uh, I still have Cooper Cup and Justin Jefferson next in line. And who is the option if the two running backs go uh, between Chase and, or sorry, between Cup and Jefferson? It would be Cup still, just because I think Cup is still harder to get. So it's not even about like Justin Jefferson is my redraft wide receiver one, but in this instance, you can still get Jefferson like at one five in some cases. Cooper Cup never goes there, so I still get Cooper Cup wherever I can. Yeah, by ADP, you're definitely spot on there. Luckily for there us, it has played out perfectly. We get the two running backs off. Luckily the board. for you, so we could do yeah. this. Yeah. So do you, you wanna you wanna go with Cup here at this option? Yeah. Let's get Cup. Yep. Yeah. I have quite a bit of Jefferson and Chase. Uh, do I have a lot of Chase? I don't know if I have a lot of Chase yet, but yeah, I have a quite a bit of Cup and Jefferson, so I still just keep hammering it whenever they're there. Yeah, and I know when uh, you know people are watching these drafts with Peter Overset a lot of the time as well, and there's a lot of talk of the influencer 101. We haven't got the 101 many times, Zach, but we're certainly getting the 102 and the 103 a lot. So I, I feel like we have a lot of drafts where we're getting one of those top three wide receivers. It has been mainly Chase or Cup based on how the drafts have played out, but yeah, I would love to start adding that little bit extra of Justin Jefferson into those uh, rosters. We do get a four wide receiver run here with Cup, Jefferson, Chase, and Diggs through those first six picks to go with Christian McCaffrey and Jonathan Taylor. So interesting to see who is in the room, who's watching. Drop us a comment. If you are drafting here, let us know, especially if you're at that. If you are at the uh, 104 or 105, let us know so we can stop talking about who we want to pick before it gets to that pick. But John, we will be waiting for the options of who we may get at the two-tree turn. But before we do that, I want to give you a second to to give a shout out, a plug to uh, the work you're doing over at 4 for 4 if you want to let the the listeners know what you've got coming out because it's always must read. I am doing team previews right now, taking on that large goal for the first time ever, actually, all 32 by myself. So there are seven out right now. There should be eight with the AFC North and AFC West both completed by tonight. And then NFC East should be up by the end of the week. So there will be 12 by the end of the week. Uh, right now, also at 4 for 4 there is the early bird discount where you get 10% off if you sign up uh, before August. And our projections, my best ball tiers are up. Uh, I have to do – I did an initial – edit of them last week before I left, but I need to do it again. And we'll be doing it weekly, if not daily through August as well. So pretty much everything you would want and think that comes from 44.com. It's all there right now. And team previews will continue rolling out. And then after that, you know, in a couple of weeks, I'll end up getting to like Daigle's guys, my article, who I'm drafting, my top 20 fade players, items of that. So it's a good time to get ahead and get the sub. Who knows, maybe when we're talking through today's draft, some of the players that I'm trying to get used to pick will end up on that top 20 players to fade list. We'll, we'll see how that goes. Uh, just whoever I say to pick today, fade them. That's the that's the way to go moving forward. But we do have Austin Eckler, Travis Kelsey, Devontae Adams, Derek Henry, Najee Harris, Dalvin Cook, CD Lamb, DeAndre Swift, Joe Mixon. Swift's ADP really moving up over the, the last couple of weeks. Some of these running backs are being moved up, and I think we're going to start to see that even increase with the likes of Saquon. I think we'll see him continue to move up. And you mentioned Brees Hall earlier, Zach, on your roster. I think we'll start to probably see him move up even more as camp goes on. Mike Evans goes off the board. So we are kind of four picks away. Who are some of the options you would like to see here, Daigle? My favorite guys are usually the the T. Higgins, A.J. Brown crop to, to try and pair two of those together. But how are you feeling here And you can talk about running backs if you wish, but we're going to try and avoid them. <laughs> uh, yeah, T. Higgins, A.J. Brown, Michael Pittman, I have actually ranked one spot ahead of A.J. Brown. Uh, Michael Pittman, of course, was the wide receiver nine over or wide receiver seven in fantasy last year through week nine. That's when Carson Wentz had a top six EPA until Carson Wentz became Carson Wentz again. Um, I've also been drafting, in this case, 
in this scenario, I've usually been leaving the third round with one or the other between Leonard Fournette and James Conner. Uh, that's kind of like my workhorse running back, my adjusted zero RB, or I guess that'd be modified RB. But if we're going to be skipping there, then yeah, I don't mind one or two of the wide receivers. Uh, sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes Mark Andrews tends to fall, and so I'll look to him as well. You can still get Darren Waller or George Kittle in the fifth round, which is what I typically do, try to get one of those top five tight ends. And so that's kind of where I'm at right now with this pick. Yes, yeah, I think I would agree with a lot of that. So we are one pick away. We're going to have some of those options available. Barkley and Aaron Jones go off the board. So we have T. Higgins here as an option. With Javante Williams, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, and Michael Pittman. AJ Brown would obviously be an option too to see how things play out. But with ADP, do we feel that Higgins is the, the pick here? And then we see if we can get Pittman or Brown in the, the third round? Yeah, that's that's fine. That's okay. I don't I don't think I'm as high as T. Higgins as Rotoviz is, but that's okay. Who who is? No one ever is. <laughs> We can blame Sean Siegel. Uh, we should be taking him at the back end of the first round. Um, and their last 16 uh, games together, and their last 16 games together, T. Higgins actually does have just six fewer targets than Jamar Chase. Uh, pretty much has held his own since he returned from injury in week five. Yeah, so I, I do think that that's part of it. And this offense is going to continue to ascend. You know, it, we've seen what happened last year, but there is portions where game script and the passing rate wasn't that favorable and we would like to see that happen a little bit more so it could improve this year so when we look at how things have played out so far since that pick just one pick nick chubb we'll see what happens here over the course of the next pick we get leonard fournette we will talk about it in a moment but uh, we got a question on fournette but we also got diego lopez and it's a, a live rv draft so we do a lot i post a lot of these in hindsight myself and sean will do some drafts but myself and zach have been doing these live drafts each and every tuesday with a guest we have some great guests coming up over the next couple of weeks so make sure you're subscribed to get those as they come out the aforementioned one we may miss is going to be we're going to have to decide zach what we're doing expo week uh when i'm over in washington so we'll see how things play out we're one pick away aj brown goes off i haven't been drafting michael Pittman very much this is an opportunity to get them on the roster if you want to go that way, Dale. Well, since it's nitpicking, I have them all in the same tier, and we already have Cooper Cup. We're just going to do like an easy Week 17 stack here, just go Mike Williams. Again, they're, they're, they're literally both in the same tier, so it's just nitpicking. Let's even, go. Though I, I even though I have Pittman ranked higher, it doesn't matter. I was, uh, I was being, you know, being the gentleman, being polite, letting you have the way. But Zach, we wanted Mike Williams there. Yeah, yeah, that that's why I had him in there. That's honestly why I had Javante Williams in there too. A, a, a very marginal slide based on his ADP right now. He'll probably be off the board in another pick or two. But uh, both both Denver and Chargers are correlated with the Rams. The other one that maybe keep an eye out for later on down the line is going to be Calm's Green Bay Packers in Week 15 for a little bit of playoff correlation there, depending on how deep we want to run it. Um, but there's just a couple things I'm kind of looking at as I build out the queue, and then obviously there's going to be good players who we can take, you know, to start off other correlated weeks. In the postseason, uh, but but the Mike Williams play, I think, was was obviously the right decision there, just based on the already having had Cooper Cup rostered. I have not been drafting Javante Williams much, and and the Denver preview actually is free for everyone. It's the only one we didn't put behind the paywall, and I even wrote in there that for obvious reasons, right? Uh, Javante Williams still has to usurp Melvin Gordon, but at the same time, I wrote in the preview too. I have been taking you know, Papa shot chances here and there because I do understand Javante's profile. And if it all comes together and he's awarded the role, like he is a league winning player that you can get, you know, sometimes in the fourth round. So I haven't been taking much of him admittedly because people are still very high on his ADP and drafting him for his ceiling essentially. But at the same time, like I understand, I get it. And I, we really like the profile obviously at Rotovis and, you know, I like him as a player, but when we get into those rounds later on, we're looking at some zero RB options. I think Melvin Garden could end up being one of the better ones off those. Like he was so much better last year than I anticipated, and him and Garden or him and Williams split a lot of time. So I think we could see potentially similar things happening this year. But when I'm looking at those running back profiles later in the draft, I'm looking at the gaps in ADP, and if the starter unfortunately goes down or something happens, how much value you're gaining from that second running back. So. Yeah, Garden is kind of leaning to be my target in that backfield at the moment. Uh, we do get a question, though, on Leonard Fournette in terms of um, the news being concerning. I hadn't been drafting Leonard Fournette at all. Um, you mentioned trying to get some of those hero running backs. I don't know if he would fit into that based on being in that offense, the amount of work he got last year. Wasn't hugely efficient, but obviously got a huge amount of volume and turned that into a huge amount of fantasy points. Have you changed your approach there? Have you been drafting him, John? And 
moving he, forward are you well, concerned yeah, about the potential way? He was literally more important than Tom Brady after they returned from their bye. Like he was the engine of that entire offense, and not just for the four touchdown Colts game where they had no choice but to run against zone defense. Uh, he averaged twenty and a half touches, seven and a half targets, and an eighteen and a half percent target share um, in five games prior to his injury. And the issue with Rashad White is that. Like, everyone assumes he's going to have passing downs. I don't think so. I think Leonard Fournette's still the better passing down option, as proven so the past couple of seasons. But also, like, if you look at the the tape gurus, like Dane Brugler, for instance, uh, he noted in The Beast that Rashad White's weakness is actually pass production. And that's where he may not be able to get on the field in the NFL. And so if that's the case, like, I just assume that Tom Brady won't end up trusting him in his rookie year. And Rashad White, I, I guess... If he were treated like Alexander Madison, that'd be okay, right? Like someone we love as a direct backup, but he's still going essentially two, three rounds higher than Alexander Madison. And so he's not being drafted as a direct backup. And so I have not been taking him for that reason a lot. Yeah, at some point I'm going to get burned again on on passing up on Leonard Fournette. Last year was Rojo, back on the Rojo bandwagon this year, but um, he's no longer with the Buccaneers. But I think it's it's an interesting situation to see how it plays out. But all the concerns you had there would still be concerns for me, even though I am drafting White this year. I got accused in the last round of shoving Higgins down Daigle's throat. So, Daigle, who are the preferred options for you here as we're one pick away? I am looking at the current players. Uh, I like Allen Robinson. Let's see. The running back. Oh, I like George well, let's let's go Allen Robinson here, actually. If you want, let's go. I'll go George Kettle if you want to go Kettle. Let's go Allen Robinson. Let's keep let's keep on hammering here. Because we don't necessarily need just like DFS. I know I know best ball tournaments are completely different than DFS, but like DFS, the way you strategically play, especially like the way I play, is mid to high stakes, uh single entry to three entry tournaments. And really what you do is you team stack without a quarterback and then game stack. Uh, and in this case, it gives us outs because we don't necessarily need to add Matthew Stafford. Like, essentially, having Cooper Cup and Allen Robinson is a team stack I'm fine with because we think they're going to get there anyways, whether Matthew Stafford gets there. So, this gives us outs here. But it also meant that we had to draft Allen Robinson. That's, there's there's nothing wrong with drafting Allen Robinson. Uh, we, no, we I, just, to... I have concerns about last year, and like he just like hung up his cleats and decided that he, he wasn't going to play. It'll be interesting to see if he can bounce back. You know, he didn't set out the season, but I don't know. May as well have set out he, part of the he, season. He was checked out, and rightfully so. You know, they tried to get an extension done for two years, and the Bears never met him in the middle. Uh, he So he was checked out before the year. They used him improperly. Like, his set of routes he used last year was completely different than what he's used in his entire career. Um, it was just a – it was a bad – it was a bad spot to begin with. So I, I'm ignoring all of that last year, honestly, and I'm still just drafting him very high. So we have a couple of different options here. We have 20 seconds. We have Kettle still available, Lamar Jackson, DK Metcalf, uh, Rashad Bateman. They're probably some of my favorite options here. Anyone else for you, Daigle? 10 seconds to go. I like uh, Kettle here. Let's go. If Kittle was not here, I'd say Lamar Jackson. Uh, I like being ahead of the curve on Lamar Jackson over Justin Herbert, Kyler Murray, Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts. Um, but, yes, yeah, since Kittle's here, I think this is actually uh, – what is this? The It's the fifth round? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Again, I, I don't I don't like missing out. Oh, Kyle Pitts in the fourth is actually good ADP. Uh, I don't like missing out on this top five range because it, even in liking Dalton Schultz, even in ADP, I think there's a significant cliff drop off. And so I still want to be high on one of these top five guys. Sounds like you don't have TJ Hawkinson in that uh, top six, no? Absolutely not, no. Uh, I, I, I do <laughs> oh, still, no. I do, I do still love Hawkins' profile, but for his career, he's been more of a floor player. I'm also lower on the Lions' offensive production than a lot of people just because they still don't have a quarterback. Uh, last year, Hawkinson actually had career highs in targets per game, target share, and catch rate from Jared Goff. But also... Um, he was more of a floor option and that he had four top five performances and three finishes outside the top 30. So it basically came down to touchdowns for him and that's it. And if we're just banking on touchdowns, I'd rather just wait till the very end, honestly, rather than reach for that, uh, that middling dead zone since he still finishes just the tight end 15 and points per game. Yeah, there is, there is like the case that he is playing with the lions and that they aren't a good offense. But I think that some of these offenses who aren't great are going to improve the, the lions have improved their core of, you know, wide receivers significantly. Swift missed a lot of time down the stretch as well as Hawkinson and those games where 
they really were a little bit of a tire fire but we'll see how it plays out i like it in kettle there the other thing i was going to say is um you know i think that there's a misprice in usually the fifth tight end that goes so if it's you know waller or kettle depending on how it goes in the drafts i usually think they're the gap between those guys and then the gap you mentioned kyle pitts between him and mark andrews like i love mark andrews and travis kelsey but you know to get a a two-round adp dip on pitts versus andrews i think is a, a steal there so like getting this build to add in that elite tight end and you know what we haven't drafted george kittle because it has been a lot of dalton schultz or zach gets his way it's been a lot of tj Hawkinson if i get my way um and the other thing i was going to mention is getting alan robinson on the roster i i kind of hinted at i haven't been drafting a lot of alan robinson but when you're getting him as a wide receiver four on your roster i think that's the place to take and my concern with somebody like robinson is if you have started with say three running backs or two running backs and he's your wide receiver one or two that's where i get a little bit skeptical about his range of outcomes in 2022 we're starting to wrap back around some of the players that have gone off the board since george kittle is juju smith schuster we have dk metcalf brandon cooks lamar jackson as you mentioned zach changes the screen so i no longer can see the players who went off the board in the meantime but the last two picks have been amari cooper and elijah mitchell then we have Devonte smith so starting to, to come back around who are some of the options zach i'll let you go here that, that you want to make the pitch for so the one thing I think we need to just kind of bear in mind, uh, after we make our next two picks, we're not on the clock until pick 94. So if we wanted to get Stafford um, or someone else stacked with our wide receivers, there might be a reach in order for Stafford in order to make that happen. So I went ahead and queued him up. Joe Burrow is obviously a little bit more uh, palatable at ADP. And then I think Russell Gage is nice. There's a correlation there, uh, I believe, with him and uh, T. Higgins and, and Cincinnati during the playoff week. So I thought I thought he was interesting. Uh, outside of that, I'm kind of open to whatever you guys are maybe thinking. Daigle, do you have anything else in mind? We're now in that dead zone of RBs where I think we can pretty much ignore them. So that's at least easy. Uh, let's see quarterbacks. Yeah, I think the, the two options I'd be looking at would be Joe Burrow and Trey Lance at this point. Yeah, that would be the other I one. think we, since we have T. Higgins, that kind of makes the decision for us. Yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy to go borrow. Yeah, um, Bill, Bills week 17. I'm I'm not sure where we're gonna get there, but we can we'll figure that out later. We might get Crider at some point. <laughs> we'll we'll see. Uh, I've still been drafting uh, Isaiah McKenzie. They 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 swapped reps, first team reps at OTAs. So uh, I still think Isaiah McKenzie goes in the last round is still a fine pick. So we do take that. We will be back on the clock in three picks from now. Um, I'm probably waiting to, to hold off on quarterback and see if anyone does fall to us, unless we like you could go Lance, but I don't really want to invest as much as that in the two quarterbacks, really. But who are some of the non quarterback options? We're kind of into the running backs here. So, and, uh, sorry to cut you off. Um, I, I, so, in this range, I have been taking, like, I actually don't mind Drake London or Hunter Renfro in, in leagues where I don't draft Darren Waller and Kyle Pitts because that's our hedge, right? For the Falcons especially, like only one, in my opinion, can get there. That offense isn't good enough to support two at like to be top five or top 10 ADP at their position and we expect it to be Kyle Pitts. So where we don't have Kyle Pitts, we hedge and draft Drake London around this range. At the same time, Hunter Renfro last year was successful, maybe not only because Darren Waller was injured, but we know he averaged seven catches in 80 yards and 17 and a half fantasy points and seven starts where Darren Waller was injured or inactive and then the other games with Darren Waller, five and a half catches, 48 yards, just 13 fantasy points. So, again, that's my hedge in leagues where I don't get one of those two tight ends. Yeah, so then we do miss out just on London. So, Renfro, any concern with having Adams there? We are obviously ticking down on the clock. One other option would be if you went with Schultz and get your two tight ends and leave it at a two tight end build. But we have 15 seconds left. Daigle, you're the guest. You make the, make the call here. Having kill at such high equity, let's go ahead and draft Renfro. Um, but having Kittle at such high equity, I think we just need to bank on him being a top five guy. Uh, and I'm fine with that. Like the last, he, he hasn't finished any lower than tight end four in points per game. And he's also led his position in yards per route run and every year since 2018. Like I still think people are not understanding the floor he offers you as a top five option, which is why he should be in the same tier as Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews, because I do not expect him to fall out since he's proven he won't fall out. 
the, the other part I was going to say there is this is the range for people who have watched our previous drafts that we're usually going the, the Schultz-Hawkinson route. That's if we had passed, obviously, on Kelsey and maybe take a, a Metcalf for that there. So there is it's that's where me and Sean talk a lot in our drafts about drafting from back to front, and I've done this with Zach in the past, where you need to know who's going to be there in those other rounds as we move forward. So now we have an elite tight end. We have an elite quarterback. We have, at this point, five wide receivers. But the reason I think it's so important there to get somebody like a Renfro, even though he's not my favorite guy and he obviously will have more target competition this year, when we get back to this next 8-9 turn and particularly the 10-11 turn, this is the next four, like we could potentially be going four running backs in the next four picks depending on how this draft plays out. Maybe another quarterback sprinkled in there as well. So important to know what we're going to be hitting as we move forward. As we look at the roster, show us the full roster, Zach, for one second. Uh, I want to get Daigle's thoughts here and see how he's feeling. So we have Joe Burrow, we have Cooper Cup, T. Higgins, Mike Williams, Alan Robinson, Hunter Renfro, and George Kettle. Um, how are you feeling so far with obviously zero running backs, but the the depth that we've built at the other positions? You're right. There is no running backs, but we we it's also, zero running back. It's literally has we zero also back. uh, backdoored Hunter Renfro, George Kittle, Week 17 stack. So that's okay. Uh, we have Burrow again. We're going to try to add Bills on later. So yeah, I think it's I think it's correlated just fine. Um, I will also remind everyone that with zero RB in top heavy tournaments at least, like we're still drafting five running backs, maybe six running backs, assuming they hit. Like we have to assume our shitty picks we're about to make are going to hit because that's the whole point. If they don't hit, we don't have a chance anyway. So we have to pretend like the next four or five running backs we get actually do come through. That's the way we draft zero RB. They are obviously they're all going to hit. We don't. They're all going to hit. It's, we never make mistakes. Yeah. So we'll see how it plays out. But yeah, um, that is obviously the the goal here over these next couple of rounds. And based on how we've started off and how extreme we have gone with that zero RB build, we're probably looking at five to six running backs at least with this build. We'll see how it plays out. Clyde Edwards-Alaire goes off the board. Miles Sanders goes off the board. I have, and me and Zach have drafted some of those guys ourselves at times, but very rarely because they feel to me like they're just in that dead zone area. Some of the options that are going to be available to us. We also, though, will have more wide receiver options. We do not have to go running back here, but Daigle, it is the first sign of oxygen if you want to get a running back. My guy here is Devin Singletary. We're one pick away. We may lose out on him, but we don't lose out on him. We have Rashad Penny. But is there anyone else there that you would be pitching as a running back, or do you want to continue this wide receiver onslaught? Um, well, I kind of like Stafford and just closing the loop here, too. I didn't expect to get him back here. But he's at ADP. He's 94. So I think I prefer to close the stacking loop here. Yeah. Let's do it. You're the guest. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, this is an ongoing bet. I, I love talking to Zach and being like, there's this bet happening. He's like, you know, why do you, like, why do we keep saying that? And I'm like, it'll just keep happening. But we have missed, we haven't drafted Devin Singletary in like the last five of these drafts. And he's been there every time. So we've got Tony Pollard in drafts. We've got Miles Sanders in drafts. If he comes back to us, are we taking him? Oh. Why does everyone hate Devin? I know that, that's how I feel too. This this is a weekly feeling for me, John. It's okay. I guess half <laughs> half PPR. We don't expect Singletary to have the pass catching role. Um, it's to, it's totally fine. But like God, and and Bills are obviously going to score so much more than Seattle. But if we're talking profile wise, like Ken Walker stands out significantly. Well, I'll more take, than I'll Devin take Ken Walker. I'll I'll take either. I would rather have Ken Walker. Uh, a few spots ahead of ADP. It's not even a full round than Devin Singletary. Any any push for Melvin Gordon with just some of the the correlations we'd have going on there at all, or will we still go Ken Walker over them? I think would Melvin Gordon come to, back? That's yeah, my there's only a argument. Chance, there's a chance of that happening. Would be my thought. He may not, but there is a chance. So. Yeah, it, it's unlikely, but but we can. We see. So we want to do Walker here. I love Kenneth Walker, so I'm I'm good with that. Yeah, at least he has like the RB one profile, and in the instance Rashad Penny doesn't hold up. I'd rather take a chance on that. Yeah, I've, the I've one, the one thing I'm enjoying with these streams is it it is the one way that my Devin Singletary exposure is getting lowered because uh, it is too high. And neither of these guys have any faith in, in the season working out for him. So we'll see how it plays. But the goal would be that Garden does get back. I, I'm happy. I'm drafting. I am taking shots at, uh, at Penny, obviously. I'm taking shots at Walker, depending on who's there. I mentioned, obviously, really liking Singletary. I am drafting James Cook as well. My take has always been that this is a very explosive offense, and the running backs have really never hit their true potential when that's Zach Moss and Singletary. Singletary did it down the stretch last year. There is going to be a little bit of regression where rather than 
Josh Allen rushing it in, you know, each and every time from the two yard line, we're going to see the running backs push them in. So I, I think that the running backs for Buffalo are, are being undervalued this season yet again. So we'll see how it plays out, but happy to get Ken Walker there. How are you feeling about the, the Penny versus Walker split in that backfield? Both running backs going within five picks of each other here. And that, that tends to be the, the way in most of these drafts. I do think it's a split, but I also think, you know, Rashad Penny has shown us he's injury prone in his first four years in the league. Uh, we will always have those last five games where he won us his, our leagues, but nonetheless, I, I don't really worry about Penny since he's never held off competition his entire career. Uh, I would rather take a chance on Ken Walker. I do expect him to open in a timeshare, but I think Walker eventually emerges. We are, we are definitely uh, getting a little bit of uh, Denny's feeling here. So we get Willis Awesomeson, love the wide receivers, a little bit worried about the running backs. And then we get Diego'son, wide receivers are very strong, running backs a little weak. So we have to agree with that. We do have one running back. We probably have to agree with that take. We do get a, a note in here hoping that Stafford's elbow holds up. He did tail off a little bit down the stretch last season. He was also buoyed by a historic season by Cooper Cup. Any concerns with Stafford? I know he's our QB2 here, but any concerns entering 2022, John? Well, the, the concern is in the Rams' offense. Like, to, to lead the league with an 80% passing touchdown rate, we expect that to regress heavily. That's also an argument for Cam Akers, who I, I think could be a top 10 back, honestly. Uh, people may be confusing Saquon Barkley and Cam Akers at ADP, honestly, especially because everyone's citing Cam Akers for the timeshare he had last year, even though we all know he's injured. We all know he, he fumbled one time at Florida State in college. Fumbling's not his issue, and he still fumbled last year. Uh, 2.4 yards per carry is not going to hold up. That's not what he showed as a rookie whenever he was finally handed the ball from week 14 on um, in his first season. Uh, also, last year, whenever a back was healthy, whenever a back did not leave the game, Rams running backs, that starter handled at least 80% of the team's backfield touches. Sean McVay doesn't want to use a timeshare. He wants his back to be healthy. And if Cam Akers is healthy, like that's honestly a top 12 guy. So I've been leaning on Cam Akers a lot, thinking that the Rams passing offense does regress. But at the same time, it's Cooper Cup and Allen Robinson. Like, we're going to be fine. Also, Stafford, as you said, is our QB2. We're really banking on Burrow or mixed weeks more than anything. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. Um, but I, a little bit of concern down the stretch, but also we don't know what you mentioned acres is injured you don't know what's going on with some of these players in the nfl in terms of how banged up they actually are we are back on the clock we have some options here we talked a little bit about Fournette earlier we have an option here to get rashad white um some of the other options that are available to us will be rondell moore we have 17 seconds left so basically whoever daigle picks is who we're going to take you can, start, you can start rondell moore look at running backs again i'm sorry i gotta find rondell moore All he's right. at the top yeah we're moving slow all right Move it. We have a pick. Pick somebody. You do it, Zach. Take Rashad White. <laughs> I'm doing Rashad White. All right. Oh my God. Sorry. Is that okay? Is that okay? The, uh, or is that ta- he I just Diggle already. No, no, no. Of, I was still looking. Like so you're. I, I was looking. So you're good. No big deal. Right. I was going to uh, like uh, Christian Watson goes off two picks later. I'm a Packers fan, but I'm probably not drafting much of the Packers this year so far. But um, looking here at the options, I thought Rondell Moore might get back. I didn't think Rashad White would get back. We are one pick away. More might be an option. Was there anyone else you were going to pitch for there? The players that went in between? Uh, Alexander Madison was the only option. Okay. So we have two options here either way. And do you have a pitch both of them available? Do you want to go with one versus the other? I guess our receivers are so strong so far. We don't really need to worry about Rondo Moore. So I'm fine going Alexander Madison. Again, we're, we're banking on strictly upside here. And we know he has a three down roll. Uh, if Dalvin Cook were injured or suspended. So. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. 
That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well being and proper recovery for top notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. And uh, I'm giving I'm giving a lot of wiggle room here. We've got three running backs in a row to John. John was a sport, went eight rounds, uh, I believe, into the ninth round before we get that running back. So I think, and John kind of touched on it as well, we are going to nail running back here for quite some time. Very tempting for me there to go with Rondell Moore. But yeah, I think we're, we're starting to build a fun team. And you do need to have the more upside shots we get here at running back to have three down roles is, is really what we're looking for so we'll see how it plays out feeling much better john after getting walker white and madison and i pushed the, the white pick because i thought we were going to, to time out there and get watson who i didn't really feel we would add to this roster so would white have been skipped over and maybe he was skipped over for madison if we get white back would you have taken him then in the 11th round uh in the 11th round yes but he doesn't ever make the 11th round right so it, it's fine I, I don't have much rashad white at all so i don't mind getting him on a, a couple teams yeah so uh this here this I, I think we're building out a pretty fun team when we're going through these rounds from round 10 on there's like you know probably realistically 15 targets of running backs that we're hoping to get um we've got three of those at this point so i think we're in a, a pretty good spot in terms of getting some of these zero rb targets People always ask who Sean's zero RB list is going to be. I always say, listen to who we're drafting when we get to this point of, of draft. There's usually a good crossover in that. But we're starting to get to the point now in round 12 where we will be looking out for running backs, but also building out some of the other positions. We are in a two-quarterback build. We're done a quarterback. We have one tight end in George Kittle. Have you? Uh, are, are we looking here, if we can, to make it a, a two-tight end, two-quarterback build and then fill out the rest at, at wide receiver and running back? Or do you want to push for a, a three-tight end build, depending on who we get at the second option? With George Kittle, well, one of the top five guys, I typically make it only two-tight end. Uh, in this case, I think two-tight end, two-quarterback is just fine, and then we can use the rest of the picks on running back or wide receiver. Yeah, so we'll see who starts to play. As we took our pick, we took Madison. We get Irv Smith, Rondell Moore off the board, uh, Pierce, Cole Komet, Josh Palmer, uh, Pat Fairmouth, Landry, Isaiah Spiller. Then we get KJ Osborne, Alberto Kubunum, Jamison Williams, Jahan Dotson, jo- Jalen Tolbert. So a couple of rookie run- or wide receivers. Then we get Davis. So we're four picks away. What you do find in this, and I know it can be very nerve-wracking if people aren't doing zero RB drafts, but what tends to happen in this portion is people are taking those wide receivers what you tend to see is maybe you take one of your options like we talked about earlier and Stafford come back to us in those zones where, where that player comes back. So we are three picks away. We have nobody in the queue as of yet, but we'll let John uh, – or we'll, we do actually have people in the queue. Zach, hit us with uh, who and why these people are in the queue. Uh, Daryl Henderson definitely continues the Rams correlation. Crowder, uh, it's just the the Buffalo-Cincinnati correlation, although I'm expecting Daigle will probably be still more partial to McKenzie as a potential value later on. Uh, Michael Carter, I love the Jets' playoff schedule, and then I think we do need to get a tight end with one of these next two picks. So I threw a few guys in there. Tunyon would have a correlation with our build, so would Everett. Uh, Hunter Henry's kind of the the naked guy, I think, out there. I don't think there'd be any correlation there, but I I like what he did last season. I think there's a potential for more targets this year and uh, year two of Mac Jones. We have 25 seconds. Dago, where are we leaning? Oh, <clears throat> I would go either Jameson Carter or Michael Jameson Crowder or Michael Carter. We can wait on tight end for the next round, especially yeah. with Mike Jasicki still there. Come, I'll let you go. You pick. All right, let. 
Let's do Michael Carter just because Daigle did tout McKenzie. Let, let's let's see. I, I love I out. love Michael Carter. Yeah, I do. I, I think, like I him think for a build, I think for a build like this, it, it's really optimal. I, I'm all in on Brees Hall, but you know when we're getting again talking about the big gaps in ADP between these running backs, I, I think that's a, a smart play. And Carter did look uh, pretty good last season as well. So I think based on getting a fourth running back in there it makes a lot of sense. Do like. Uh, do like the option to get Crowder where I can, but I also agree that at this point on this turn, I probably would be leaning into one of the the tight ends. But the one that I will say that is my favorite of this bunch is, is Gerald Everett. How do you feel about the tight ends? Gasecki's still there also. Yeah, well, Everett's I like all of them. Um I like I like Everett and Tanyan Tanyan over Henry. Let's see here. Uh, Everett's gone. Gosh. Gasicki is fine just as a Jameson Crowder is gone as well. Um, have. We do have Packers correlation for Tunyon. I like Devontae Parker or Tunyon. Y'all pick. You go, Zach. Man, we have no Devontae Parker. Let, let's go to Tunyon. Well, That's fine. yeah, let's go to Tunyon. I was going to say maybe not because I think there's a little bit of concern with his injury, but hopefully, assuming Kittle makes it through training camp and all that and he's playing, we won't need Tunyon even if he's not back right away. So that's. You know, another bet on Kittle being successful and, and panning out early on, and hopefully Tanya will be back and ready to go soon after. And as you're seeing, 49ers buys until week nine. So, yeah, we don't, we'll be fine. Yeah, we have time. I was I was getting to thinking there, too, you know, with the Gasecki option, but it was looking, obviously, when it got to the Gerald Everett pick, there was a lot of tight end options available. I was thinking about, let's see what comes back to us in the, the next round. But my concern with Tanya is that maybe he isn't healthy. But as you mentioned, a lot of this is going to be pinned on George Kittle. So um hopefully by you know week eight, week nine, Tonyan is back in play. And I do think that there's going to be a lot of red zone opportunities for Tonyan if he is healthy, because you know, we we obviously know that Devontae Adams isn't there anymore. So it's going to get spread around. And if it gets spread around, even a you know, 25% of those targets going the way of, of Tonyan is going to be a big deal for him. We do know that he has relied historically on touchdowns though as well but as a tight end too i think it's interesting we'll see how it kind of plays out the advantage of having a second tight end at this point is you don't have to force tight end and it gives you those options maybe somebody does come to us at a point and we decide that that's the way to go but feels like that's that wrapped up we've now got zach if you pull up the roster we'll do a full run through we'll check then for our position allocation so we have two quarterbacks four running backs we have the two tight ends and five wide receivers with Joe Burrow, Matthew Stafford, Ken Walker, Rashad White, Alexander Madison, Michael Carter, Cooper Cup, T. Higgins, Mike Williams, Alan Robinson, Hunter Renfro, and then George Kittle and Robert Tonyan. So we're pretty look, we're not the running backs aren't going to be our key here, but we are pretty balanced across the board based on the roster construction. We do have at this point five picks left i believe uh how, how are we feeling now john which way do you want to start to play it i think we can kind of go any direction from here see which best player available is yeah we even have leniency for a third tight end if we want it i don't think we need to uh if we had waited for the everett range and the tunyon range to draft our first one i usually go three even four sometimes since it is the most volatile position and i don't like assuming that like the evan ingrams all these guys come through since like they're in this range for a reason. But since we did get George Kittle, we're going to probably bank on two. And so running back or wide receiver, let's just play it out and see who's up on the board for us. So we do have something coming in here from uh, Bollock, John. This is this might sure. be the best stream you've seen uh, Daigle draft on stream so far this year. So, To be fair, uh, the best ball happy hour at 6 p.m. Eastern every Thursday with Ian Harditz and Hayden Winks. Uh, I typically play host. Like I, I take a back seat and uh, I don't argue with the pick. I'll, I'll argue some picks, but... I typically just like you call him. I just sit back and allow the guests to always pick. Yeah, as long as I get no running backs through eight rounds, I'm willing to sit back and, and let the guests pick then at that point. Um, yeah. He, he always also mentions that Tonyan and half point PPR is a, a nice bet there. So we'll see how that plays out. We're back on the clock. We have nobody in the queue, so let's roll. <laughs> um, I like old man Marvin Jones. Uh, what about Marlon Mack? Like, I guess I'm okay with Marlon Mack. I think I'd rather, well, I'd rather collect Khalil Herbert personally. We're getting Marvin Jones, it looks like. Take Khalil Herbert if we can. I did, I did the quick slide. Nice work. Nice and quick. Thank you. Thank you. Really, really thinking on your feet there, too, or on your fingers. Don't, because... don't hate on 100 target Marvin Jones. If you like, had to collect, okay. 
If you yeah, I like Marvin him. Jones. I, I've drafted. I, I think I was looking at my at my player roster ship the other day, and he was one of my higher drafted wide receivers, which either says a lot of good things about me, possibly, or a lot of bad things about me. He is. He is sure. the lo- He's the lone. He's basically Frank Gore of wide receivers, uh, except that production, yeah. hundred targets, and a a profile oh, touchdown shoot, score. Quick. Is much better for us than Frank Gore. Um, we're, we're right back. AJ Hamler, Will Fuller, Julio Jones. They're the only options. Put Hamler in there. Let's go. Um, I guess. Oh God, Jamal Williams or Julio Jones for me. Let's go Julio then. Let's do Julio. We, the, we don't have the, like arg- any the Julio. argument since we need Packers more Packers correlation is that uh, Julio signs with the Packers. That's the argument here. He signs yeah. for the Packers on a like one hundred thousand dollar a year deal because I don't. I don't. To be contract. fair, like I don't even. I don't even like Julio Jones. Like I have not been drafting him at all. But for this team, it's fine because our, our top six receivers are just fine. I can draft more Julio than I can Will Fuller. There's the the fact that we haven't heard anything about Will Fuller at all. Like is wildly discouraging for me we haven't heard much about julio jones either but i feel like we there's a chance we will i think the rumor is that what i heard was that the packers reached out and then will fuller turned them down for a tryout because he doesn't want to play in the cold which is weird because he played in the cold at notre dame like his entire career um, yeah but that that's the rumor i've heard the uh that's something that myself and sean have talked about on a couple of road of his overtimes recently when we're drafting is those two guys are going at the exact same place and sean is very much on the Will Fuller side, I'm on the Julio Jones side, and I just have a lot of concerns around does Will Fuller want to play? And I think Julio does want to play, and I think he's going to hold out until he's getting a shot with a team who's going to be a contender. And there's a few interesting situations around the league where Julio would instantly go in and get targets, but I think that if he signs with the roster in August, I think that he's going in the 13th, 12th round, probably, possibly even higher. So that's what it, I'm looking at. It here. is worrisome though that like we're expecting him to sign in August or September. Like that's that's not good that's for a veteran who has not been good for a couple of years now. So we'll see. But it could be the pick that, that helps us win. But maybe who knows? Maybe Sammy Watkins who goes one pick after is the difference maker. We get into a very flat range there, and that's why um usually if I'm drafting solo, I'd probably go Hamler there, but Hamler is so much competition uh, for targets on that roster, also working his way back from an injury but that 14th 15th round becomes quite flat gainwell would have been my pick if he had lasted one more pick i was very disappointed to see him go off the board there so we are into the final three picks we balance that out with one running back one wide receiver um and bollock has bounced back and i want to share this one because we we made the joke a minute ago about the best team but he also said that the best ball happy hours are are awesome so definitely people should be checking those out with hidden in i know he was ball. joking too because like I, he's bollock is always in the chats i always I, see him I, I recognize the same names over and over again yeah and i always uh i'm always very conscious too there is sometimes things coming in the chats and i'm like no i'm not gonna <laughs> i'm not gonna share that but uh what, what i know it's a joke we, we have some fun with it uh another one here that fuller could play in tampa now that would be very very interesting he wouldn't have his weather concerns there but we are ready to fill out the last three spots of what we hope will be a successful team this year. Daigle, you said that you are putting, you know, your exposure in here that we're going to win it. We're, that, that is the key. So are we going solely on upshots here, you know, um, like lottery tickets that you think can, can maximize there? And then KJ Hamler goes off the board. He's one of my lottery tickets. Uh, what's your thoughts on the last three rounds? I still want to go wide receiver here. I honestly think that, the five running backs we have are are fine if we wanted to go that direction. I don't mind adding a six, but I would like to look at wide receiver. Let's go ahead and just pull it up here. Calm those. I put Brian Robinson in there, obviously. Daigle, here's some wide receivers. Anyone who's standing out to you that's not in the queue? Wendell. Well, I, th- I think Zach has a list of the players that I do like and just leaves them out of the queue on purpose. <laughs> I don't mind uh, Wendell. Um, so you add him to the queue when uh, when John says his name. That's interesting. Let's. Who, who do you want here? I, I oh, do. I do this. prefer. Uh, I prefer Kendrick. Bo- I prefer Kendrick Bourne in anyways. Do you? Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, K- we K- also Kendrick have. Like, uh, we have McKenzie. If you want to put him in there, we probably can get him in the next round, though. I think Double we can. Well, we're talking about it, but I think we can get him in the next round. Yeah. The the. If you're in the chat, do not draft Isaiah McKenzie. That is the rule as we I get. Think, I think this FU Troll Me has drafted a few of our players at the top of our queue. I think they're definitely in there literally watching us. Uh, 
That is not the first time I've seen a player at the top of our queue go. Kenneth Gainwell was another one who I saw go. So I think I think they're just pulling players off uh, of our queue. But I do like uh, Bourne there. The argument for Kendrick Bourne is that he had more top 12 finishes, so more wide receiver one weeks, than the rest of the Patriots receivers combined last year. Uh, he like he was actually good. Yeah. And you can yeah. get him in this range. Do, you, do we want McKenzie here? We absolutely want McKenzie here. Yeah. Let's get McKenzie here. And just Oops. pitch back to all positions just to see what other options are in the queue. Or just draft him and ignore what I was saying, but that's okay. <laughs> here. Here's who's up. <laughs> we had already that. agreed on this. I love I love the way he takes the pick and then shows who's available. Yeah. we uh, th- That was the pick. That was the pick. Um, I think the Patriots are... They're just always a little bit ambiguous. The backfield's always ambiguous. It's always a little bit of a challenge. But I think this year, heading into year two, I think Mac Jones will take that step forward. And I think this offense could put up a lot more points than than maybe consensus is expecting. But it's going to be hard to know, John, which way it goes. So you mentioned Bourne there. We obviously have uh, you know a couple of other options that could be intriguing. Parker was somebody we talked about a little bit earlier. But yeah, I think we're... We're in a nice spot. We have freedom in the, the last round to play about, decide which way we want to go. How are you feeling, Zach, about the, the roster at this point? Uh, I, I really like the way this is kind of shaping up. I think ultimately some of the goals that we had uh, laid out in the early rounds, we've we've more or less accomplished with some semblance of a player um, from, from the teams that we needed. Uh, and the nice thing, too, is that some of those players, while they're maybe – um, not not star-studded players on said teams. We know that they're capable of pulling off that big week when we need it the most, particularly in the tournament format. So um, guys like McKenzie, guys like Kendrick Bourne, I think are great. You know, I like Hunter Renfro. I really like the way this team is correlated overall. We ultimately accomplished that. Um, just for reference real quick, we have two quarterbacks, five running backs, eight receivers, and two tight ends. Given the strength of our wide receivers, I think I'd probably be leaning one more running back here to close things out. Is it is uh, is that something that you guys are open to? Do we want that ninth receiver? I'd, I'd have to dig around a little bit to see. How I think it depends on the players. That. Let's look at the available players at running back because it gets okay. It falls off a cliff even in this range. Yeah, yeah. The the other thing coming in a question, I think this has to be for Zach. It's do we have a strong preference between Zamir White and Brian Robinson? So I'll leave that one for you, Zach. Oh, it's. Brian Robinson all day. Uh, you know, Antonio Gibson goes down. Brian Robinson becomes the early down ball carrier there. Ron Rivera wants to supposedly do a little John and Stewart, D'Angelo Williams hybrid type of thing once again here in Washington. If that happens, I think Brian Robinson is the guy. So I'll continue to bang the the Brian Robinson drum up until the point of week one of the regular season. Also, Washington's only three guys maximum in a committee. Las Vegas is likely four. Since yeah. Brandon Bolden is a favorite, he will always be active for special teams, and he's still a pass-catching back whenever called upon. I also love the fact that, you know, we're hearing this from Zach that, you know, he's thinking about we should go running back, and then we see the available options, and, and Brian Robinson is, is their second in the queue. So he's still there. Because nobody drafts him except for Zach. <laughs> that 193.3 ADP is definitely boosted up by me because I just – in my mind, I think there's other people out there actually going for him, and there's actually not. He'd probably be like a, a 18th round pick if it, if it wasn't for me. So, with the names that are in the queue, as we are one pick away, we know we've been sniped here a few times. Zach's left the queue empty just in case. Yeah, uh, we will, we will ask out. the drafter beside us to reveal himself if he is uh, in the in the chat. Oh, Amari uh, Rogers. Our, yeah, Amari Rogers goes off the board. So, who are you feeling here, um, John, based on the options available? Sony yeah. McNeil, somebody else that I'm drafting as well. But. Uh, Brian Robinson, Sony Michelle, and Dearness Johnson are really kind of it for me. Maybe a little Eno Benjamin, but yeah, like all these guys. I expect Sony Michelle to have the goal line role, uh, a la the 49ers, how they use three to four backs. Chase Edmonds has five career carries inside the five-yard line. He's already been archetype off the goal line. Now, it is a, it is a different coach, so I do understand that the coaches can change these roles and pigeonholes for these players. But also, like, Chase Evans has never been treated that way, so I don't assume he's going to get that goal line role at all. Um, Brad Robinson's fine. You, it's easy to see how he gets there as, like, a goal line thumper, knowing they want him to have a role. That's the report, so we can take him here. Um, but also – oh, you took Sonny Michelle. Okay. Uh, I, I'll lay it out in a second, but go ahead and finish but Yeah, your, But the microanalysis for Brad Robinson is that, like, he's bad. Uh, and and yeah. that doesn't matter if he has a role, but, like, do you – you have to be 
pretty much a bad player to not reach over five career yards per carry at Alabama. Um, you have to go all the way back to 2007 and Terry Grant in order to find a player who did that until Brian Robinson came along. So like, he's not good, but also they've even said he's going to have a role and we, we easily see how he earns a larger role. So I, it's a, it's a double-edged sword, but at the same time, like I get it. It's a last round pick. I totally get it. Yeah, the, the the Robinson pick for me is really like you said. He he's not he's not the good player uh, that we would probably want to be targeting. I like the third round draft capital. I like the way Rivera's talked about him, and I just like the fact that I might be literally drafting a role that sees ten plus opportunities at some point in time in the season. Probably even more than that if Gibson actually misses time. I went Michelle because I do have way too much Brian Robinson. I thought you I laid thought out that was what little, happened. I thought you needed a life little case for him, but then also. We also have, I believe, Michelle correlated the whole way through the postseason with Buffalo, Green Bay, and New England. So Beautiful. Good um, call. I, yeah. I thought it was a nice little way to kind of close things out. I, I expect Sony Michelle to be the Jeff Wilson role or the, the Tyrion Davis Price role where they got the bigger back because they want to use him inside the 10-yard line just like the 49ers did. No, I think that all makes a lot of sense. And I was interested. I didn't think that Zach was going to make that switch there, but we go Sony Michelle. I have been I have been drafting quite a bit, but again, based on I mentioned earlier, kind of the fifteen or so names that I'm trying to get in the rosters, if I'm not taking running backs in those early rounds, he is one of them that I think could get very valuable touches in the, the Miami offense. Zach, if you can put up the full roster, we'll take a rundown through it here. We'll see what we think of it. So we finish up with two running backs, six or sorry, six running backs, two quarterbacks eight wide receivers, two tight ends. We have Joe Burrow, Matthew Stafford, Kenneth Walker, Rashad White, uh, Alexander Madison, Michael Carter, Khalil Herbert, Sony Michelle. We get Cup, Higgins, Mike Williams, Allen Robinson, Hunter Renfro, Julio Jones, Kendrick Bourne, Isaiah McKenzie. And then we also get George Kittle and Robert Tonyan. So I think we're in a very strong position and most you know, across the board with a lot of those. And I think you mentioned the correlations too being very strong. How are you feeling, John, now as we, we have finished that? draft overall how are you feeling about it a lot more comfortable than i was at first uh the rashad white pick although i vamped against it i do agree with it in that we're going for ceiling players like uh, it doesn't matter the scenario that needs to happen we know the scenario it's leonard fournette getting out of the way but we need a player of his upside uh did lead the entire pack 12 in targets among running backs last year so we know he does have a receiving profile um and yeah so uh, top heavy at wide receiver correlation all the way through with two strong quarterbacks and a potential top tight end like tight end one overall i think it is actually a very strong team yeah no i think i think it's really strong zach how are you how are you feeling after yeah. not getting brian robinson yeah overall i like it yeah I, I i literally slipped michelle in there as a dramatic effect I, I was it was a decision point for me i wasn't sure i was gonna do it but i did um but but i like the team overall i think that uh you know, teams can win without Brian Robinson. I think it's going to prove possible that throughout the course of the season. We'll see how things play out. But the the wide receivers, I think, are really, really good on this team. Uh, the way we started, zero RB, third overall pick, Cooper Cup, Higgins, Mike Williams. You, you might have three top 15 wide receivers right there if things go accordingly, which I think is what we ultimately want in these zero RB builds. So um, I, I don't have anything to complain about. Stacked nicely with the quarterbacks. I thought it was a good team. George Kittle, we know what he can do when healthy. Hopefully that happens. I think Trey Lance could easily funnel targets his way. So, yeah, I, I'm all in on the squad. Yeah, and when we look at a team like this, there's obviously a lot of things we can say, like, you know, we don't have an elite running back option at the moment, obviously, but depending on how it plays out in Seattle, Kenneth Walker could be the starting running back quite early in the season. White, if something did happen, obviously, to Fournette, but could have a standalone value as well. There is a lot of uh, the players that we have selected here. I'd have Sonny Michelle in the last uh, couple of rounds that – really probably do need an injury unfortunately for them to step in the likes of alexander madison will get some work but probably is not you know standing in there and getting himself 15 points a week with you know cook in the lineup but we we have burrow who we mentioned we we have the three wide receivers and cup higgins and williams and then we have george kettle and the the real way that a roster like this is going to win obviously you need depth but you do need Joe Burrow as a top five quarterback. You need those wide receivers who you mentioned to all be in the top 15 at minimum. And then you need the George Kittle, you know, to be the tight end one. And that's how a team like this gets really pushed up, I think, if we're looking at long term as we, we run through. But that is a lot of fun. I'll give you another chance to obviously give it a plug, John. You mentioned that uh, the the guide is coming out or the team by team previews. If you want to let the everyone, in case somebody tuned in later in the show, to, to let them know where to find it. 
44.com team previews. If you want a taste, the Denver preview is completely free if you go to the website. Uh, the rest behind the paywall, which you can now get 10% off if you sign up at 44.com before the summer because veterans report on August 7th to training camp. That's when every team is there in time, I believe. And so uh, our personal time is almost up. It's almost time to... To, to sit down and permanently grind our lives away. So that's what I'm doing right now with the team previews. They should all be done here in the next two to three weeks. And then from then on, we'll have, you know, if you get the sub right now ahead of time, it'll be Daigle's guys, the guys I am drafting, my top 20 fades as well, as well as attacking default rank since we know Sleeper, ESPN, Yahoo, uh, their ADP rankings are not sorted properly according to all of our respective projections. So, yeah, you can get ahead right now of all those things. Yeah, that is one way to, to put it. And uh, we started drafting a lot of leagues recently, again, back over at the FFPC. We're drafting on underdog. And to see some of the variation and where players are going, even in half point versus PPR, some of the players that are going ahead of other players and half point ppr that are going behind them then in ppr leagues it just there's there's some real values there at the minute so when you when you draft on underdog at ffpc you just forget about how bad all the other leagues are uh and setting their adps like it's like they they pop them in in august and don't use anything to adjust them initially just like last year's finishes it's wild yeah, and we won't get into Madden rankings, but it seems like something like that might happen happen there as well. But yeah, Zach, anything you've got going on in the, the next week or so you want to let people know about? Uh, no, I got an article I'm working on uh, for later on this week over at NBC Sports Edge. It will be a, uh, I, th I think it's actually going to be called uh, Players I Like in Best Ball article, something along those lines, which, you know, is, is always something that we kind of harp on on Twitter because we like certain players better in best ball than we do redraft. But nonetheless, I'm going to be looking at some players for that for an article and uh, then next week, I do have a team preview coming out, my last one for NBC over on the Washington Commanders, uh, my hometown commies. Uh, Going to be doing my write-up for them. Awesome. Make sure you follow Zach on Twitter at ZK underscore FFB. I believe, Zach, next week we are on deck with Mike Leone. And then after that, I think it is JJ Zacharyson. Do not quote me on that. I think that's the way we have it set up. So make sure you're subscribed to the Road of His I keep saying podcast feed because I'm so used to doing these as podcasts. The Road of His YouTube channel. Check out the best ball show as well. The Road of His best ball show and podcast format. Some great shows recently as well with Connor O'Driscoll. Check those out. Don't miss out on them. All the information on that is in the show notes for today's show. Give a thumbs up to this video. And until we're back with another show, have a good one. Mm -hmm.